Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben. As always, I'm joined by Gaz. Hello. And Mike. Hello. Today we were talking about Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which sprang up as a result of the Black Lives Matter protests in Seattle on Capitol Hill. It's now over, but it's worth having a look at. It's a interesting social experiment, if nothing else. Yep. I was going to say, I also feel it's like a massively underreported, like, extremely huge news. Like, without getting ahead of ourselves, just briefly, people occupied like six blocks of a major American city yeah. and uh, kicked out the police force. And it wasn't like the main talking point. For it. it was sort of, I feel, tried to have kept as quiet as possible. Of course, mate. They don't uh, want you to know, do they? I didn't know what it was. I stumbled on it by, I heard it on Joe Rogan. I was like, what? So I, and then I found, I went through Twitter then. So anyway. Yeah, I heard it from Russell Brand. Mm. Fucking hell. What's he doing there? But we should have heard it though from the mainstream fucking media, shouldn't we? Of course. Well, you'd think so. Uh, Don't get ideas, Ben, above your station. I'm just saying, you'd think you'd have heard it from the, the MSN. No, that's what I mean. No, no, no. I'm saying, but by them... By the mainstream media talking about it, it's from their point of view giving people ideas above their station, isn't it? They don't want people yeah, yeah. thinking in Seattle. But we're, we're going to ourselves. Yeah, and we'll go into some yeah. other autonomous zones in the past. Yeah, man. Oh. Okay, cool. It should be pointed out that we are uh, still all sort of um, not in the same room because of COVID, because of the Rona. We're on Skype, so the sound quality may not be up to the usual standard. But, you know, we've been doing this for a few months now. You know what you're getting. The best we can do, isn't it? That's it. Until Mike decides that he needs to come out of a plastic bubble, that is literally the best. And also, I know, having had a company vehicle for 12 years and it being taken from me, also need to, uh, you know, well, get public transport. <laughs> no, fuck, mate, who the fuck, come on. <laughs> do I strike you as the type of man who goes on a bus? No, um, fuck. No, you strike me as the kind of guy that sits on the back of the bus with a can of special brew. No, I walk the fucking hour walk rather than the ten minute. With three cans <laughs> and a podcast in my headphones, I like a walk. I've yeah, had to get like used to it the last few weeks. It's very bizarre unemployment after twelve years. You know, I've I've quickly fell into a routine of sleeping all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hard to get out of. Fuck. Yeah. Hey, I haven't been at work for the last fucking three months, believe me. All I've got is sleep. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Oh, well. If you want to thank some new and returning listeners, Mike. Yeah, let's have a look what we got. Niles, Michigan, Chester, UK, Milan, Italy, Nairobi, <laughs> Kenya. Nairobi? Fucking yep. hell. Cambridge, Canada, Shady Nasty, New York, Pontiac, Michigan, Bengaluru, India. Austin, Texas, Boardman, Oregon, and the top three, Little Rock, Arkansas, Guadalajara, Spain, and Telford, UK. Oh, Telford, wow. I could be wrong. I'm trying to Google it as I speak so I don't fuck it up, but I'm 
in my guts, I think Pontiac, Michigan may have been the site of WrestleMania 3. <laughs> I was just immediately was, thinking, is that where they made the Pontiac car? WrestleMania 3, the largest indoor... The Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. Yes, attendance, attendance 93,173, although it says in brackets next to it, disputed, because the common rumour is that Vince added about 20,000 onto it to get the record. There was still a fuck ton of people there to see. Um, that's where Hogan slammed Andre, brother. Yes, it was. Yes, that's where he... Um, did he get the belt back or retain the belt? He slammed Andre anyway. Yeah. Uh, retained it. Retained. Yes, and who can forget that unforgettable moment when he managed to pick Andre up and body slam him? Strangely, Andre, sorry, Mike, a very brief wrestling tangent, I swear. Just a factoid. It's Andre, okay, but are you talking about time when I used to watch it so uh, I understand it, what you're on about? I remember Andre, Andre, Andre never actually held the WWF world title despite being their largest attraction for many, many, many years up until the Hogan era. He only ever held it once in storyline when the uh, Million Dollar Man paid... This was back when it was amazing. So the referee, Earl Hebner, had a real-life twin brother. Right. So they were like, holy fuck, we need to use this. So the Million Dollar Man paid him to be an evil ref. (laughs) Cheated Hogan out of the title. He then just, the Million Dollar Man sold it to Andre. But, like, there's this amazing clip you can find of Hogan holding both of these twin refs, one in each hand, and you can picture his overacting, can't you, as I say it, looking from <laughs> one to the other, to the other, to what the, huh, huh, how, huh. Yeah. And then in storyline, they said that they paid, the million dollar man paid a dude to have plastic surgery to look the same as the ref. <laughs> Fuck, wrestling was good back then. God, I bet Hogan's brain melted, even though he knew it was a storyline. <laughs> He's like, hang on, uh, 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 and then his brain melted, and then he realised that it was actually fake. So yeah, there's two. You know, you can picture who Earl Hebner is. Picture the yeah, yeah. the number one ref in WWE. He's got a twin brother Dave Hebner, who's also a ref. But yeah, anyway. I think so I was in the TNA at one point, along with his son as ref. Yes, yes, he did. Uh, but we yeah. should do the news. Final thing for you. Yeah, it's slightly wrestling related. Have you seen Oof. that Chris Hemsworth is starring as Hulk Hogan in a biopic? Yes, but unfortunately, I hate to piss on everyone's chips. That's a 10-year-old story that's for some bizarre reason started resurfacing as if he said it last week. That, oh, right. I didn't know that. That production is not, it's nowhere near, well, maybe that's why it's resurfacing, resurfacing because production is going ahead. I don't know, but yeah, that's a 10-year-old interview. Wow, didn't know that. Or maybe not. T- it's old, though. It's old. But anyway, yeah, I hope it fucking happens. Holy shit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, he'd have to really buff up for that, though, wouldn't he? He's... Yeah. Hulk Hogan was a dangerously, freakishly large man in the 1980s. Oh, yeah. totally natural, though. Totally natural. He <laughs> <laughs> did, did his trading and took his vitamins, Ben. Yeah, but those vitamins came in little syringes. Yes, they were illegal steroids that there was a government trial and Vince McMahon had to stand, but he was cleared and acquitted of all fucking things, so it's fine. <laughs> he wasn't running a fucking steroid operator. He didn't force his wrestlers to have it. No, but he did force them to get as big as they could. He didn't force no one to do nothing, Ben. It was a federal trial. He fucking body slammed the FBI, mate. He fucking <laughs> pinned the federal government one, two, three in the middle of the fucking ring. Was Vince, Vince Richards is point. the manliest man alive. 
and his lawyer was a fucking beast. Yeah, as I say, how rich was Vince at this point? Well, it was very much at the peak, just after the peak of the 80s Hulkamania, where the WWF went from a regional thing to a global entertainment phenomenon brand on the on the level of sort of, you know, it's recognisable as Disney, I suppose, isn't it? WWF, WWE. Yeah. Anyway, I think Mike's brain's melting. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> OK, weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Woman claims to be real-life vampire and even drinks blood. <laughs> okay. A woman who claims to be a real-life vampire admits to drinking the blood of others and claims she's actually 600 years old. Of course she is. Yeah. Lilith Vampire, it's spelled with a Y, 27, lives in London and works a normal 9-to-5 job. But outside of her day job, she has amassed more than 150,000 followers on her Instagram where she shares gothic-inspired snaps. In true vampire style, Lilith says she likes to avoid being out in direct sunlight and that she feels more energised at night. She says, I can go outside and function in the daytime, but I prefer to avoid direct sunlight as I find it to be draining. I feel my best after sunset. She doesn't burst into flames, then. (laughs) No, no. She became a vampire at 18, although she wasn't fully aware of it, and she's now come to realise. She doesn't just look the part, she also admits to drinking human blood, but stresses that it's something done between like-minded individuals and not helpless sleeping victims like you were seeing the films. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've been through this, so if you go back to our vampires podcast, you drink too much blood, it's going to kill you. Yeah, well, they literally just sort of make a nick and then drink from that. Yeah, it's like it's, what's the word? Carefully and uh, intimately and consensually. That's the word I was looking for. Consensually. What's her evidence of being 600? She hasn't got any, she just feels an affinity with the past. <laughs> of course. What? Load of I shit. Knew it. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much it, really. I think she's got a fetish for it. I think she's got some kind of vampire fetish and she's. I think she's got a mental illness. That's nah. sort of a possibility. That's usually my go-to explanation for these fucks. <laughs> so she's a, she thinks she's, she's a vampire. How can we never get people going around, I don't know, claiming to be a mummy or a Bigfoot or a wolfman? Where's the next werewolf? Well, it's it's easier to be a vampire, isn't it? You just bite people. You go out at night. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Well, I suppose so, but still, it's like, well, oh, I'm a vampire, well, fuck you, I want to be a werewolf. Well, okay. <laughs> In fact, I'm identifying as a werewolf from now on. 2020, Ben, you can identify as whatever you please, and whoever disagrees with you is a bigot and a fascist and a racist. You mean unless it's a Transformer? Yeah, uh, well, we're not going to have this fucking argument again, are we, surely? <laughs> All right, then, Mike. Next one. She's crazy. She's got mental issues. Or she's making a fucking fortune out of it. Yeah. I mean, she obviously likes the lifestyle. Whatever that I might like be. I like sleeping all day. It doesn't make me a vampire. No. Obviously not. But, you know, I'm going for that she's, she's not a real... Obviously, she's not a real vampire. She thinks she's 600 years old. Yeah, well, that's bullshit, isn't it? But, you know, 
if she wants to identify as one or whatever, that's up to her, isn't it? Let her get on with it. Yeah. I mean, she's obviously making some money out of it. She's an attractive gothic chick. Everyone loves goth chicks. Yeah. Everyone likes a big titty goth girlfriend. Yeah, till you speak to her. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've tra- ever met more than the sort of two or three proper, what I'd class as proper goths. Mm. They were a bit miserable. Count yourself lucky. <laughs> Boys, start the next news story. I'm gonna have to. I'm having, I'm having a desperate situation here. I'm going to sprint downstairs to get a lighter because I have a spliff and no flame. Oh uh, no! And I'm going to die if I don't light it. Okay. Literally. It'll be seamless. No one will even notice. <laughs> Go on then, Mike. Humans forced to hide from sex-addicted monkeys who set up HQ in disused cinema. <laughs> Man, those monkeys. <laughs> They're scamps. Uh-huh. Sex-crazed monkeys have forced humans to cower indoors after taking over an ancient city while fueled by junk food. Wow. The, the incredible <laughs> sequence of events has seen an estimated 6,000 macaques run riot through this Thai city of Lopburi. The Randy Primates have set up a HQ in a disused cinema, lashing out at anyone brave enough to try and drive them away. <laughs> well, I just caught the tail end of that, and it's... That's the most apocalyptic thing I've heard. Planet of the fucking apes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, some residents first thought the best way of calming the overzealous monkeys down <laughs> was to give them fast food, but this just made the situation worse. Oh! Yeah, let's fill them full of sugar and salt yeah. and what happens. And what high, the fuck? And high and saturated monkeys, fats. A troop of monkeys have hijacked a cinema. Don't go and give them Mackie D's, do you? Uh, <laughs> what are they playing at? Mike, I was talking to the, the guy who runs the pet store on the market about because um, I've been feeding these cats since I've been living here. He tried selling me the line of those. There may be some truth to this, but it did seem like salesman spiel to me. Like Apparently the food that we buy the cats from the supermarket... It's like pack, fast food, isn't it? Yeah, he said basically that's like giving your cat McDonald's three times yeah. a day. I was like, okay, what's the alternative? Oh, here's a bag of uber expensive... I was like, do you know what? The cats are going to be slobs. <laughs> they have just been economically forced like like humans they are on their own economic level because of their owner yeah they're not going to be eating those fucking expensive biscuits man it's like six pound a bag mike yeah no yeah no i give him the normal stuff like he likes whiskers yeah. but i give him tuna as well fucking hell mine get tesco own brand mate there's two of the cunts there's two of the cunts <laughs> you won't eat anything else he's <laughs> you spoiled him i know Ah, well, he deserves yeah. it. About four tins of tuna a week as well. <laughs> Fucking eh? <laughs> Probably cheaper. I need to look in because I've been obsessively going around the shops uh, since unemployment trying to price up cat food and the cheapest I've found is Wilkinson's own brand. But I don't think I could give that to them. It's probably 50% cardboard. <laughs> yeah. 20% <laughs> dust and ash. <laughs> ah, well. What are you going to do? We're all going to die. That's it. I'm probably going to lose a limb to a chainsaw in the next few weeks, so that'll be that'll be a fun story to look forward to, won't it, on the pod? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It certainly well, will. If you chop your cock off, we'll be no cock brothers. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Uh, right. 
Shall I go for this one? Yeah. To add to that one. All right, this is nightmarish. Okay. The headline is, I'll, I'll give the website, if anyone wants to check this out, because there's a visual element to this. Uh, you might have a good chance you've seen it on social media this week, but just Google human-sized bat. The article I'm looking at is uh, Coast to Coast AM. Very reputable news source. Of course. Mark Bell, may you rest in peace. All right, BD. Mm-hmm. Killed for a reason. Okay. A nightmarish image circulating online purportedly shows a human-sized bat in the Philippines. However, the true nature of the creature is a little more complicated than that. The unsettling photo initially popped up online last Wednesday when a Twitter user shared the image and wrote, quote, I remember when I told y'all about the Philippines having human-sized bats. Yeah, this is what I was talking about. Unsurprisingly, the post quickly went viral with over 100,000 horrified social media users sharing the photograph. Alas, as is often the case with images that are that capture the imagination of the Internet, there is more to the story than meets the eye. The creature featured in the photo is species of bat native to the Philippines and known as a giant golden crowned flying fox. Sweet. <laughs> That's metal as fuck. Fuck me. I don't want flying foxes. <laughs> While they do, well, they do grow to tremendous size, the description of this particular animal as human-sized is generous at best. As later noted by the individual who posted the photo, the bat is about the size of a six-year-old child. Big enough! It's still fucking big. Still pretty fucking big. Still human. <laughs> any human, about the size of any human, from a baby up to a fucking 90-year-old, any human size is not a good size for a flying rodent in my personal opinion i'd rather have a flying fox than a fl- than a, than a bat the size of a six-year-old oh, fuck the philippines i was never gonna go there anyway <laughs> this is just one more reason why it was never ever gonna happen how much corona do you think's in this fucking six-year-old side <laughs> fuck me i could feed yeah, a family for a week spent, uh, five foot as well oh god as it says <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> the clarification is likely to provide little solace for people unnerved by the image, since the idea of a youngster-sized bat existing in the world is still pretty unsettling. You're shitting me. Fucking hell. <laughs> to that end, for those who may have been hoping that the photo was a hoax, what appears to be the original source for the picture was found online, as seen in the video below. We regret to inform you that, indeed, the monstrous bat is quite real, and that's that. Yeah, it's the size of an average six-year-old child, which I imagine, you know, it's about you can picture a six-year-old in your head, but you know, up to your sort of three feet in it. Yeah, that's way too yeah. big for for any <laughs> creature. It's fucking heads. The size, always. Oh God, the size of its head. Imagine them eyes looking into yours. And you know the way bats just flap around uncontrollably. <laughs> well, that's what they make you feel. Then. Oh, fuck bats. You know I don't like bats. We've talked about this. And it was bef- way, this goes way before corona. I had a problem with bats before corona. I, I was like scared of bats before it was cool. Yeah, I was. Shit scared of the cunts. Leona used to fucking ridicule me for it. But yeah. I like fucking these. I'd be I trying to smoke in the garden though, Mike, in the dark. And this fucker mm. would be flutting around in circles. And I know in his head it's controlled. He knows what he's doing. But it don't look that way to me. And if one of them collided with my head, I would go upstairs, get a rope, find a beam. Right? And because a bat flew into my face and touched my face, I would I would immediately hang myself. From- oh, I would not be able to Fucking deal hell. with the trauma of a bat's 
fucking fleshy horrible imagine it flapping into you oh <laughs> <laughs> i know but to immediately hang yourself it's, it's a death. bit extreme you could just go and have a shower like i can't live after that i'll never feel safe outside oh god Oh, you God. you well, could you just get a, a shower. Now you no. become a tree surgeon. Yeah. You might change some more. I'll change some of that cunt in half and live stream it. <laughs> Fuck you, Corona! Now I've got visions yeah. of Gaz stood on top of a white van wielding a chainsaw surrounded by like four foot tall bats screaming at his... Uh-huh. This is where you're wrong, Ben, because the new van that I'll be using for this company is, in fact, a green van. Uh-huh. All right, then, yeah. on top of a green van. <laughs> Wielding um, a chainsaw as bats attack him. It's like, it's like a scene from a, a zombie movie, except with bats. And yeah. obviously, with a backsplash of bat blood, you're going to become more prone to be infected by corona. <laughs> yeah. oh, don't ruin my fantasy with your science. <laughs> Unless you yeah, you lose a hand, yeah. All right. Are you gonna have the chainsaw so it fits on your stump? Fuck yeah. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm also gonna aim to not lose a hand. Well, yeah. I did quite well today. I learned, I learned some, you know, important safety tips. Don't put it between your legs to start it. No, that's exactly how you start it. Not with the blade first. <laughs> no, we, the fuck? Jesus Christ! <laughs> 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 Fucking hell! Don't hire Ben. No. Hey, I saw that in a meme. All right. You hold it in your left hand with the handle between your knees. You grab it with your right hand, the starter, and you boom. And yes, it makes you feel fucking incredible when it starts. <laughs> it really does. But anyway, sorry, I told you I wasn't going to go about it. I'm obsessed now. We just need to shut up about chainsaws. Okay, so Chaz, or if you want to be really technical, Chop. They changed mm. the name. Yeah. Today. Um, we'll refer to it as Chaz, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Chop is the Capitol Hill organized protest. I suspect yeah. that's a bit of a rebranding to make it look like Occupy Wall Street. I found this from Twitter that one of the better hashtags is hashtag Chaz Chop. Or one word if you want to. Follow what's been happening up to the minute. Well, it's a little bit irrelevant as of this moment, but what was happening? Yeah, Chaz Chop. Chaz Chop. Two different words, but it all means the same thing. Oh, yeah. On June the 9th, an area of around six blocks in downtown Seattle became known as Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. It was formed after several nights of intense, sometimes violent, I'll say, Sometimes read always violent yeah. standoffs between police and protesters. Eventually, police ceded the area, so they just got the hell out of there, yeah. surrounding in the precinct to the protesters. In the absence of law enforcement, a kind of police-free commune sprang up. Um, the occupation quickly became a nightmare bogeyman for conservatives, including the president, who seemed to think it was a, quote, territory claimed by antifa radicals domestic uh, terrorists and <laughs> um, the fact that antifa is not a formal organization and has never claimed any responsibility the child did not stop him of course it wouldn't um, like a mad max movie come to life it was run by domestic terrorists who 
apparently falsely claimed some SoundCloud rapper was the warlord of jazz. <laughs> I've seen videos of him, though, running around with a gun, haven't I? Well, he's a rapper. What's what they do in it? Yeah, but in Chaz. Oh, well, they reckon he wasn't the, uh, the warlord of Chaz. Does he drive about with the... No, they're on Schools. foot. Oh, no, foot. There's no foot. What, he's got no car? It's a gang of them on foot with fucking, like, AK... Well, maybe not AKs, but some sort of automatic weaponry. All right, then. I bet he's got a palace made out of the skulls of his enemies. <laughs> Ooh! Like Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> and they've paved the road that leads to the palace, also out of the bones of the, the dead. The police conquered. Yeah. <laughs> Skullless in Seattle. Oh, Skullless oh. in Seattle. Now that I'd watch. Um, apparently, it was initially reported as being, quote, extremely chill. Uh, Some organisers even criticised participants for acting like the occupation was a music festival. However, there were several shooting incidents in the area after June 20th, and the Seattle mayor, Jenny Durkin, subsequently announced the police would be returning to the precinct which they have now done. On July 1st, they arrested 13 when they went in. Took them long enough. See, I'm torn between this. I'm 50-50. Because part of me thinks, wow, this sounds great. No police. And then I think, hmm, you do kind of need them, though. I mean, not, you know, I'm not saying they're all bastards. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Same as in life generally. But, you know, if, if there's a gang of people roaming around the streets with their automatic weapons, I don't feel equipped to deal with that scenario. This is the bit that gets to me. Like, I'll, Slight disclaimer. I can see the idea and the good and the positive in what they were trying to do and in their message and the point of what they achieved there. This is a pretty huge deal. But, and this might be because of my what my job has been the last 12 years and that me and my mate have a market store that we've run with small business owners, basically. There is still people living and owning things in this autonomous zone, in these six blocks, who have been completely, who have no problem with the protests necessarily, but don't have an affinity to them have been completely abandoned by the authorities that they've spent their lives paying into. Yeah. Businesses completely destroyed, ransacked by idiots who are a detriment to what this movement's trying to achieve. It's all just a massive shame. Do you know what I mean? It's just sadness all round to me. So I just see it from the in those people that have been stuck there, living there in apartments with businesses, with all these people and what's been happening on the street. Like, that have no affinity to, not necessarily against Black Lives Matter or any of the other movements, but are just caught up in all of this. It just, all of it seems sad to me. And then the police have inevitably ended up just blanketly moving in and dismantling it and moving it on, as we all knew would happen anyway. Well, yeah. It's just, it's just all really just, I just feel bad for everyone. Everyone involved, I really do. Well, not, not the people who are raping and shooting people in there. No, and taking advantage of it, not those people, but I feel bad for the people who had genuine intentions and I feel bad for the local business owners and residents. Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, it's, it's, 
it's a pushback, isn't it? It's a pushback mm. against the violence and brutality of the police. Oh, let's, yeah. let's face it, in America, it's mental. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, in... let's, let me know that us from the UK, we have n- nowhere near the problems that the American police have. A chance. Nowhere you know, near. Even though we have problems with racism, you know, yeah. it is endemic in our force as well, but they don't carry guns. That's a different issue. That's the thing, Mike. I've heard it explained in a really good, simple, very simplistic way of like, if you or I, if we lived in America, us three now, and we got pulled over, drink driving or anything pulled over for any reason the first thing going through my mind would be like oh god like i don't want to get in trouble with work you know like oh can i really afford a ticket like fuck if you're a black person you get pulled over the first thought is like i might die yeah i mean from a young age from a young age black kids are taught by their mothers sometimes fathers or they're not generally there most of the time because they're in prison that's the bit harsh Mike no well it's Ben I know I'm joking I'm just like yeah it's true though isn't it I mean the incarceration rate of black people is that is unbelievable I mean they've just slavery never went away no um, I can tell you an interesting fact about that if you like one second can I just finish my point yeah they've got to teach their black kids how to respond to cops when pulled over Mark Henry the wrestler explained this keep your hands up and two yeah. Officer, I'm going to reach for my license. Is that okay? I never knew that until nice recently. I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that fucking bad. Yeah, is that bad? Yeah. Fucking hands on the steering wheel, son. Uh, and just letting them know they're not going to get shot because they Can are we, so yeah. hyped up in the stereotype of like somebody could just pop an Uzi out of this window right now. I could die now. That's what the cop's thinking. It's also what the black guy's thinking. Yeah, Ten and we've also seen videos where black guys are acting. You know, not violently at all, and they're shot and they're murdered. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that doesn't even stop it. Yeah. No. So what no, can I you mean, do? What them. can you do? They're forced. Mm. You know, they're desperate. And this is just a spillover. Right. I think this is just a spillover of that mm. anger and that hatred and that that just. I think, Mike, Ooh. in a job as complex as policing, in a country as complex as America, with the gun ownership and all the rest added into it. There's always going to be fucking mistakes. Yeah, but then you can look at training then, can't you? I mean, in in some states, it takes longer to be a masseuse than it does a police officer. Mm. As a masseuse, you're not going to accidentally kill somebody or purposely kill somebody, are you? You might might snap the neck, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's unlikely. But if you've got a gun, you're more likely to do that. I could change some of their heads off. Fucking insane. <laughs> that's probably more brutal. That's more brutal than shooting them, gas. Ben, you're gonna have to update your joke now about me murdering prostitutes in the van. And now I'm just gonna do them in the street with a chainsaw. Or everyone can see. <laughs> well, you still got the van. Oh, do you know what? My the guy told me something. This is very briefly. It'll only take a few seconds. Something very cool. Obviously, you need a face mask, face protection. When I've got the money to, you can buy like industry standard like safety masks that are molded to look like power ranger masks oh god you fucking know i'm gonna be in the middle Mm. of the forest with one of them on my face and just to troll ben i'm gonna get the pink one stop trolling me at all if you want to be the pink ranger you be the pink ranger i fully support your stance as the pink Ah, ranger thanks mate i expected a tirade against my choice no if you want to be the pink ranger you go for it You've changed. What's happened? Smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> I was going to say, you're on mushrooms. What's happened? 
<laughs> I've become one. I've become at one with the universe, guys. Oh fuck off! I've meditated in, oh, and no. smoked weed, and oh, I've become at one shit. with the universe. I am no. now a floaty free spirit. No. I've got this recording table surrounded in in coloured crystals to give me the energies that I need to go through with this. Have you cleared your chakras? Clear my chakras. You know what you need to do? You need to clear your work shy, lazy bastard chakras. <laughs> go back to work. He's going to be um, a shock to your lazy dude, lockdown system, son. Did rebel against it. It's to keep you in the low chakras. No. <laughs> fuck your chakras. Excuse me, girl. I'm the only one who's employed out of the three of us. <laughs> technically, I haven't actually technically been fired yet, so fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, what are you laughing at, Ben? If this fucking tree surgery thing don't work out, I might end up at Lyrico with you. And what if I climb the ladder quicker? Uh-huh. Imagine that. Imagine if I super sucked my way up the ladder and became your superior in record. Oh, wouldn't that be so sweet? <laughs> I'd move departments. <laughs> no, no, mate. I could be very... I could really... I'm a, I'm a people person when I put my mind to it. Am I my <laughs> 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 oh, I've got something I'm going to read to you, actually. When I told you the story of why I, my job has maybe come to an end, boys, off the air, I may have not have been as completely honest with you because I was still feeling a little bit shameful but now as I have some prospects and things are improving I'm feeling better I I feel I can share this with you so I'm going to read you a few sentences okay having now completed a disciplinary investigation the allegations against you are as follows that you've seriously breached the misconduct rules of the company on 17th of June 2020 by a Using objectionable and foul and abusive language in a, <laughs> an aggressive way. And right. This is, one, this is the one where you're going to shit your pants, boy. And going to say, Shag, should you really be using chainsaws? <laughs> B. Threatening a work colleague whilst holding a knife. You shouldn't be using chainsaws. And you are a people person, obviously. <laughs> Uh, yeah well he's ex-army i thought i was gonna get you know military style beaten so i was like fucking well i'm going down swinging well well to be fair that doesn't put in the circumstances that you were under you're in a bit of stress you're broken up with your girlfriend Covid had hit. Lots of shit going on. Yeah. They've sent me all the statements. Ex- <laughs> Would you like to read somebody's an excerpt from somebody's statement? Oh, I God, don't have on. names on it, so I don't know whose these are. Gareth then went mad <laughs> and grabbed a Stanley knife off a trolley next to him. He extended the blade fully and threatened me by saying, I will cut your... F- oh, I can tell whose this one is then. <laughs> me by saying, I will cut your fucking throat. <laughs> and you're a people person. This guy started on me in front of everybody. 
he was offering, he was threatening me violently. He's got out of this scot free. I love the way people put things in their statement. He's put like, Gareth came to the warehouse and said, all right, James, to which I replied, no, I'm not. And I would prefer it if you didn't speak to me. Do you know what he said? What? I walked in, I was like, you're right, mate. And he went, fuck off. Don't fucking talk to me. You're a prick, you are. <laughs> That's how it started, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is my state. Sorry, it's, I will end this detour very briefly. Um, yeah, mine says, upon my return to the warehouse, I said, all right, lads. To which the response I got from James was, fuck you, you fucking prick. I don't want to talk to you. I, you think you're fucking special. Because that is what he said to me. And then his, his account is, I'd prefer if you didn't speak to me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck these. What I'm going to say, guys, is you're a perfect advocate for the police. <laughs> ah, fuck these thunder cunts, Mike. They're full of shit, man. I told the truth in my statement. I said what I said, yeah. said what I did, these thunder cunts. They're trying to save their ass. I knew my ass couldn't be saved. So I told the truth. But anyway, things are looking do you know up. What, um, do you know what regiment you used to be in? No, I don't know. Yeah, he was reading off his home address going, come to my house any day, I'll fucking deal with you. And I said, fucking deal, I'll fucking deal with it now, cunt. I was like, do you know what kind of six months I've had, you prick? This is the final straw, so yeah. Anyway, fuck him. Things looking up, I could earn more money in fucking two days with a chainsaw. I didn't know this. Than you can in a fucking month driving a fucking van, so. There you him. go. Welcome. Indeed. Where were we? Oh yeah, capitalism is bad and Chaz is good. No, I was going to tell you. Um, you know, say about the sort of men Mike made the comment about a lot of the the arrest rate of black men. Yes. Right. Now, when the Civil War ended and the South was obviously forced to get rid of slavery, mm-hmm. um, basically what they did was just arrest a lot of black men, not for, on very flimsy evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually with an all-white jury to convict them and send them off to do basically hard labour, which is slavery for free. Mm. So it never went away. They just changed no. the name, called them prisoners. Backdoor slavery. Yeah, yeah. Which is so, big, Ben, why do we need the police? Why do the police exist? Police exist to protect the rich, Mike. <laughs> of course they do. It's a quote by David Bailey, academic expert on the police in 1996. He says, the police do not prevent crime. This is one of the best kept secrets of modern life. Experts know it, the police know it, but the public does not. Yeah. And apparently, the number of a potentially indictable criminal acts that end in a successful prosecution sits somewhere between 0.4 and 3.3%. In other words, up to 99.6% of crime is never effectively dealt with by the criminal justice system. And I bet you that's most of fucking white-collar crime, isn't it? Tax evasion, all this shit. Yeah, that's pretty what most crime is, in all fairness. Tax evasion, fraud, things like that. But yeah, that's a shocking statistic, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So what is yeah. the fucking point of them? If they're not, if they're not out there ca- catching criminals. Oh, I'd still rather have them than not have them. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Well, I think it goes back to how they were formed. 
I mean, they were formed because of policing needs in Ireland, weren't they, Ben? Yeah, but Mike, if somebody... Yeah. We'll get into the issue in a sec, but no, just simple example. It's, I know it's, my, it's very massive simplification, but it's, this is my simplified brain's take on it. If somebody breaks into my mum's house and murders her, I want to be able to call, like a, set, like, a set of people who have some sort of professional standards and expertise and... Uh, I, yeah, but they've only got a 3.3% maximum. But what's your No, I'm I'm with you completely. I I think there needs to be there needs to be a compromise. I think that 3% is more serious crime. I mean, we don't have that many murders in the UK compared to other places. No. I'd imagine that most crime is literally fraud, tax evasion, stuff like that, and and maybe even like low-level sex offences, like having some dodgy shit on your laptop, that kind of stuff. Drug offences, which is ridiculous. Drug offences. Yeah. The major stuff, like murder, so someone does break into your parents' yes. house and kill them. You, you should have probably a reasonably good chance of that person being caught and brought to justice. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an anthropologist or any of that, obviously, but like, I think there's obviously going to be, yeah, like, working-class people are way more targeted for their crimes because they happen to be sort of somehow for a weird quirk of life easily processed crimes and easily done crimes but crimes that working class people are sort of insistent on committing yeah uh, but we have to look at how the police as we know it were formed you know where the history comes okay. from what they're designed to do well right. they were designed to basically be used instead of the army because yeah. every time they use the army the army ended up killing innocent people <laughs> it didn't look good like yeah. peterloo in 1818 well, technically, Peterloo was the yeomanry, which would have been um, middle class, arist- low aristocracy, young men with horses and who obviously yeah, had to like for a... the poor anyway. Yeah, still an army, though, weren't they, kind of? Um, they were the reserve, basically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Robert Peel, the old British Prime Minister, that's why they're called Bobbies. Our Peelers, when they first came out. Yeah, well, he used them in Ireland basically subjugate the Irish citizens that were rebelling against the British occupation. So did we invent police? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But didn't yeah. like, ancient people have some sort of... Some 1829, no. 1829 it was invented in this country. It was used in Ireland and then it was official in, in the UK in 1829. Wow. Metropolitan. Yeah, they used to have um, like massive top hats. Wasn't there sheriffs before that in America, or am I getting my dates wrong? You had like sheriffs. And like yeah, you them. had sheriffs in America, in the West, of course, but that's yeah. like a bloke and some deputies. I mean, there's no formal training. It's just he was elected, wasn't oh. he? Are you saying, like, basically it's that an organised force that is, like, trained and... Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the difference between a sheriff and like an organised force of people who are like, yeah, you're going to train and have a uniform and you're kind of like an army, but not. Yeah. Do you know what they were first deployed to do? What's that, bro? They stamped down on like public gambling, drunken behaviour, union organising, the suffrage movement. Yeah, smash the unions though, mate, you know what I mean? Yeah, basically anything that the, the working class wanted, the police were there to put it down. Well... Wow. Not a lot's changed. My last interaction with the Popo was they came to our garden to tell us off about a barbecue about 
about six. I may have discussed this on the pod. I'll keep it brief. Uh, they came to lecture us on social distancing. Uh, what made me laugh was they came in the same car. This is right at the height of it. Neither wore masks and they stood shoulder to shoulder whilst lecturing us on having too many people in our pretty generously big garden. So, yeah. They can't do right for wrong, to be fair. This is the way it goes psychologically. If they're going to do a good job for me and help me out, then they're great, aren't they? Yeah. When they're going at me, because which I've had run into them as a professional driver, I'm sort of statistically more likely with the amount of hours I spend on the road to run into them as like your average person just living their life is. And I had positive dealings and I had negative dealings. And I had some that were both that started negative. And then as soon as my license came through clear and everything's legit, everything changed. And I was suddenly treated like a regular, you know, a professional with a job. But up to that point, was completely treated like a fucking... I know, I was even told to get off because he was a little short ass. I was stood on the curb. I wasn't stood on it on purpose. That's just where I stood. He was like, get off the curb. What? Yeah. Yeah. But then the license came through and everything's entire demeanour changed. Everything changed. Aren't you meant to be um, innocent or proven guilty, guys? Oh, well, yeah. No, it's definitely the other way around. Like, oh. <laughs> so we, we had an old van that looked way shit than the others. It was ancient, like a rust bucket. It did look a bit dodgy, to be fair. But yeah, I was pulled out. I can't even remember why I was pulled out, but I, mean, I drove away from it, so it couldn't have been anything. But yeah, he told me, get off the curb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last time I spoke to a police officer was when I was in London. Mm. And I was um, in the um, protest against the, the cuts. Oh, OK. A police officer got to me. It was a lovely day. And he's like, oh, you got a lovely day for it. And I was mm. like... It was a Saturday. I'm like, mate, I don't want to be here on a Saturday. Stood in the street. Do you know what I mean? But this is all I have. It, it's the only outlet I have that I feel I can make a difference. Could it be, Mike, that he was just another human being expressing the age-old British art of small talk? I'm talking about the weather. Yeah, he picked on the wrong person that day then to speak to. Yeah, I, had right, I had a right to him. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. He's making small talk. He's reaching. That's what you say to somebody. Nice day for <laughs> If it would have been rainy or overcast, he'd have said, like, Phew, not looking good, is it? You brought it back. Dribble <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fucker. I was yeah, I... miserable. I was miserable and angry, guys. Angry. At the I know, that's why you were there. But it's just to me, that's what I mean. <laughs> you think that to, to you, that's a system of oppression. The man saying, oh, look, you gave for it. Yeah, I don't choose to be here. I'd like to be in some fucking paradise where everything's fucking, fucking free and equal and it's all handed out. And instead of here, protest, you dare to ask me. Uh, Tell me the weather's OK, motherfucking bastard. Meanwhile. That's what Caddy guys were you there? <laughs> he went, he, you know, he... He thought, fuck me, you can't win. You reach out to these little <laughs> bastards. <laughs> this is how they react. Fuck them. And then next time, you've radicalised him, Mike. Because next time, <laughs> he'll have his baton out and his shield down. <laughs> you just go, fuck him. I tried speaking to him. <laughs> I, tried, I tried reasoning with him. <laughs> I think Mike is responsible for police brutality in the UK. Oh, all these lefties are. Yeah. <laughs> They only they very rarely beat up the right, do they? That's a strange thing, man. Yeah, is, is it something to do with them all, them all being white? It's less common, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just 
briefly, you mentioned free food there, guys, like the month's ideal communist utopia. Yeah. There is actually, they were giving away free food. There was a no-cop co-op in, in the middle of Chaz. Free food, vegan pizza, hot dog stand that wasn't free, medical centre, mutual aid book, a giant Black Lives Matter mural. Yeah, the you gift know? economy. Can you tell me that's honestly better than the town centre? Did you see the state of it, Mike? Tell me that's a more pleasant experience. Uh-huh. Well, this is obviously a failed experiment, isn't it? But it's interesting. It is very interesting. Oh, it is interesting. It just looked like like the nightmare bizarro world version yeah. of Glastonbury where everyone had a gun and like yeah. a, instead and it was just a hellscape. It looked to me like a hellscape. It looked mm-hmm. to me like what I'd expect to happen if um, like all the supply links into a major city just got destroyed. Mm. And it know, makes me sound... It makes me sound conservative, and I know it does, but it's like, I just guess that's the reality of being 37, I suppose. It's just like, I look at that, and it looks like a living fucking nightmare to me. All I can think is, imagine being one of them poor bastards stuck in there with a business or an apartment and having no political, real leanings. Oh, God, they're the people I feel bad for, caught up in all this, but thank fuck they've, they've cleared it out now. Fuck them. Should have been a bit of more violent clear out, in my opinion, to set a message to the rest of, you know. <laughs> well. I would have judged Dredd dealt with that, mate. Well, he'd have just gone in there and shot everybody. Well, not unless, no, it wouldn't necessarily, have, they, they would have had to c- commit certain crimes, but they could have used things like they've got, uh, like, foam walls, foam bombs that they, riot foam. It's yeah. Like a bomb that they fire at a crowd of people, it just freezes them all into a war. I think they might die after that, but. <laughs> um, I mean, there was a lot of misinformation about Chop because obviously the people in charge, so Chaz, the people in charge mm-hmm. don't want that, do they? They don't want people to, you know, well, you know what, here's some, uh, it's the, the, the gift economy. Oh, hey, take this, give it out to people. There's no police. And I'd imagine for some parts of it, it was quite pleasant. But when you start having, you know, the proud boys who are, like a racist organisation start trotting in and, and basically just stirring trouble up is, is when it seemed to go more is that, militant. Is that you, confirmed though? 100%? I don't think it's 100% but neither was the um, misinformation about someone with a, a gun standing in the front of the crowd that was two cropped shots from Fox News they, they basically made fake news and I bet you everything I own that was undercover FBI and CIA they weren't letting reporters in. Ah, it would have still gone to shit, man. I watched this um, this video earlier. He was a reporter in. He must have gone in in the early days yeah. because they, they weren't letting him in after a while. And this guy was just sort of shadowing him constantly. And he and he was like, every time this guy went to ask someone a question, he'd just step in and go, no, we're not answering any questions. I mean, even to the point where he must have managed to lose him for a bit. There's this guy with spiky hair who looks the least... He looks like nine. He looks like you know, fucking ten stone soaking wet, with a plastic fucking shield on his arm, homemade shield, standing at the barricades. He's like, uh-huh. oh, nothing happened yet. I've been here twelve hours. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah, fucking hell. Why? Why you stood there manning barricades? What did you expect to achieve by that? If the police do roll in. I know I'm not the first one to point this out. It's a bit of a boomer thing to say, as Twitter would say, but it is funny that the people who hated Trump's every word and policy, the first thing they did was make boundaries and walls and 
It just shows the hypocrisy of all of it, of every system and of every ideology. You can't live in this world and not be hypocritical in some way. It's like, I'd love change, but I think I am becoming conservative because it's scary. Because like, like you said to me, I like the status quo. And I think the older I get, the more I'm, I'm like, yeah. yeah, don't smash it too much. Smash yeah. it a bit. Honestly, this is my honest... Yeah, fair enough. She goes through what their aims were, what their aims yeah, are. Just let me, it's only a brief, but I'm just saying, smash it a bit. Mm. That's, I don't want anyone to smash it to smithereens completely so the world becomes unrecognisable yeah. and all because I don't want that. Well, they're saying there's another way, a world without police dot org. Oh God. Yeah, well, given the fact that there was been at least several shootings and mm, people are dead. Let's see. Let's. I'll have an open mind, Mike. I'll hear. Yeah. You, Let's go through what their what their aims are and what they right. want to achieve. We can rely on each other rather than the police. <laughs> anytime we call the police for help we risk someone we know being hurt or killed but if we develop lines of communication opportunities for self-education and collective conflict resolution in many different settings we can start to exclude the police from our lives instead of police mediating our conflicts we can begin resolving them themselves no that's not going to happen now how about this for an idea Yeah, all police officers should be trained as a social worker and trained in mental health and trained in all these sort of things. Yeah, that would be lovely. That would be a lovely yeah. idea. But then they still might, though, need to know some jujitsu to take a motherfucker down. I'm not, mo- saying you don't, yeah, I'm not saying you don't need it. It's like in the UK, we've got our rapid response with the they're trained mm. in the use of weapons. That's fair enough. There are occasions, yeah. unfortunately, in this world where psychos run amok. I of mean, course. Yeah. yeah. No, um, but I don't want my local police officer carrying a gun no neither do i guns make me when i went to milan i've told this story before when i went to milan and the police have them in a in a hip holster with basically one tiny little leather strap and it's like a press stud just on the hip and they're so italian they're they're sat around like eating pastries and smoking and like and i kept saying to hannah like i was getting paranoid probably because i was on a lot of drugs but i kept saying like (laughs) I'm not used to this. I was like, what is to stop me just flipping that little little flip stud up and just taking his death machine? Because that's what they are. Yeah. It's created to cause death in humans. What is to stop someone just taking it off him? It's just it's just on his hip. I saw two, a male and a female police officer in a police car next to a busy park with the seats laid back, having a snooze with their shades on. <laughs> They've got death machines. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't understand why as a, the UN get together and ban all guns. It make me uncomfortable to see them. I would like to shoot one on a range and be, oh, that's all well and good. And I know, Ben, you're going to go on a good, positive gun rant in a minute. But I'm just saying, realistically, I don't have to pretend that when I'm realistically have been faced with them in my life and seen them in that way, they made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't think any civilised society should allow them. It's, it's barbaric. It's crazy. I sat there and I watched. I've told you this story before, but it's worth telling, man, because I think it's the most Italian thing in history. I saw a police officer with a gun, a death machine on his hip, and they, their holsters are white against their blue uniform, like white leather. So it showed. Like, so I was sort of sat opposite him, and it, like my attention's drawn to it. And like he's he's literally eating a pastry, right? But he's got a lit cigarette in the other hand. <laughs> what huh. the fuck? Who's What's to stop just some somebody going nuts in there and taking it off him and like going mad with it? 
Yeah, it's possible. What could he do? What would he put down first of the lovely pastry or the cigarette? He'd be he wouldn't know what to do, would he? Well, I'm Italian like, guys, he'll put the pastry down first. Yeah, of course, and take care of it. I'll come back to you later. <laughs> if anyone will step on you, I kill them. Yeah, so they make me uncomfortable. So my point was, I don't want our police to have them. But Joe Rogan, I know I always come back to him, but it's one of the main podcasts I listen to, so it's an influence. He's a martial arts expert. He believes police should be, like you said, Mike, as a flip side to what you said, yes, they should be maybe trained in social um, social work and psychology and all of that. But on the flip side, Joe thinks they should be fully trained in jiu-jitsu, not just the sort of low-level bullshit training they're given. They should actually understand, like be experts in controlling someone's body and restraining somebody yanking on someone's head or neck because they're scared and panicked and you know that should be a last resort any sort of contact with somebody it should be a the last resort you've got to use everything else in your disposal it doesn't go that way i've been no it doesn't always go that way but i bet you if they were trained better in calming people down like a social worker would be then do you know what i mean show more empathy I think a lot of things would be de-escalated. Well, apparently, to that point. but to, to get back to that point, apparently being a very competent jiu-jitsu proponent gives you a level of confidence where you don't rush into unnecessary yeah. physical confrontations. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not shitting yourself because you know if it does go that way, you probably can handle it. You're less likely to just escalate it because they're shitting themselves most of the yeah. time. I think, well, I'll give you an example in this country. Do you remember the footballer Daley Atkinson? Yeah, in our town. Yeah. Yeah, scored a wonder goal. Well, scored a few wonder goals in the Premier League time. I know his nephew. Do you? I do, yes. I won't say his so name. You know the story then, don't you? I know what happened to him, definitely, yeah. yeah. He was upset. He had mental health issues, didn't he? Yeah. Mike, you said wonder goal, but to tell the the list there just fill in a bit he, he scored a wonder goal because he was a top level professional football player wasn't he he was yeah played for Aston Villa in the 90s didn't he mm. he did yeah and the police turned up and obviously he was distraught and they just tasered him and he died now if they'd had better training maybe they would have been able to de-escalate that yeah they're just and going be- straight in and tasering the fucker and to be fair, I remember when I read the story, I remember thinking, they'll fucking walk, they won't get done. But they did get, they did get actually, uh, did they? I think, they were at least fired. They, they, they was, they weren't necessarily tucked away and given a desk job as you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody can look that up, but I do remember yeah. reading that there was comeuppance for them. They don't uh, get much comeuppance in America. I remember that oh. when um, George Floyd died, they prosecuted the police officers, and that was the first time it happened. Probably. It was very rare, isn't it? Yeah. Extremely rare. Well, I think they were forced. They, they were. It's been a world-changing event. It's. I know some people haven't understood. I was having this conversation earlier. It's crazy. It's quite funny. The guy who was showing me to use the chainsaw, he's sort of 10 years younger than us. Somehow Black Lives Matter came up when he was like, what do you think of that? And I said, well, it's it's hard, isn't it? I said, from my position as a white guy, I'm, the the position I've taken is basically that you know the people that say all lives matter. I've basically taken the position of trying to explain why. Yes, okay, of course, obviously they do, but it's black lives that are in a little bit more danger than ours. So nobody's saying your life doesn't matter. Don't get defensive. It's just this is what it means. 
Uh, and he said to me, Joe, I've had this argument with my dad. My dad's like, all lies, man. And I'm like, it's this, it's an age thing, man. I'm like, everyone in that age bracket, for some reason, takes it on a fucking... Well, not everyone. That's being massively judgmental. But you know what I'm saying? Like, so many people in that age range take that immediate defensive stance. Of, like, well, all lives matter. Yeah, of course. Yeah, until their yeah. refugees wanted to come over for a safe place. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's insecurity, man, and defensiveness and not wanting to really face reality. And I can understand it. That's why I don't judge. I'm like, I get it, man. I live in a bubble. I keep my head firmly in the soil. If it weren't for Twitter, I would have no idea. I basically look what's trending. Occasionally dip my toe to see, oh, why is that trending? And if it weren't for that, I'm completely free of mainstream media and even alternative media. I'm free of everything at the moment. I'm living in a fucking bubble. Uh, and in some ways, that's good. And in other ways, it's bad. Mm. Uh, Second, we can build fighting organisations against police violence. These could include groups specifically geared towards monitoring police conduct or challenging their legitimacy in our communities. I'm definitely up for that more, what do you call it? A um, watchdog, basically. Yeah, better watchdog. Um, do you remember the Guardian <laughs> Angels in New York? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only way I know about them is because when the big bus man went to the WCW, he couldn't be the big bus man anymore, so he became the guardian angel, and he wore like a red beret. That's right, a, they wore a red beret. Yeah. Kind of uniform, and they were apparently a sort of, how would you explain it, Ben? A sort of, uh, not quite vigilante. Uh, they had no powers. They basically just sort of chased people off if they caught them doing something. I guess wasn't there um, a, a thing of massive. Oh, there's a, there a bit of a crime spree going on at the time, wasn't it, New York? Yeah. It was, there was a lot of... I'm not sure if there was, like, a serial rapist or okay. certainly some kind of killer on the loose. But they were, like, escorting people to places, to and from places and things like that, making sure women on their own were escorted and got to places. That's more yeah. the kind of thing that you're talking about, isn't it, Mike? Like, I'm sorry to bring it back to wrestling, but mm. that's the only way I've ever heard of them. But that is the kind of... Sorry, I, I, I was a bit... I wasn't listening there. <laughs> <laughs> Guardian Angels. They were oh. apparently a group. We were trying to... Quasi-police. They had no powers, but they were a civilly organised group, but they had a uniform and they, they sort of, Ben was saying, helped and patrolled people to say, because New York was a bit crime-infested at the time, but they obviously couldn't arrest people or detain people, but maybe they did, maybe they did hold on to people for the police, I don't know, but... Yeah, that would be a good idea. Arrest. That would be a good idea, yeah. But they had, a uniform. they had a uniform, they were called the Guardian Angels. Sounds but, good. But then, but then a CSO, though, isn't that just a CSO? CSOs Pretty get terrorised by, by yeah. gangs of teenagers, follow them up the street, just saying, fuck you, buddy. Uh, to explain to the international listener, what's a CSO, Ben? A community support officer. They have no real powers, but they look like a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> or a police officer, sorry. They're pretty, apart from their, their shoulder flashes, which says CSO instead of a police number, yeah, they look exactly like them. And they are supposed to be a deterrent, and they, they are at a distance until you get closer and realise that they're it just like you and I. Doesn't they help, have a it's, plastered across, it's plastered across their back. Uh, it is across their back, help. yeah. But, it doesn't say police, it says community support officer but if you're at a distance you can't tell that all you see is the black is, is the blue flash on the back it might work if you're nine mm. 
I do. I feel sorry for them. I think they're an incredibly pointless institution. They're basically glorified traffic wardens. They literally do parking tickets. They're glorified traffic mm. wardens. Yeah, but you can expand them then to to do more community work, better, you know, whatever you need to do. Mike, an army of them couldn't solve all the knife crime in Sutton Hill. <laughs> With all yeah. their non-powers. No, but I'll tell you what books. will. Eradicating what? poverty. Mm. No, well, I don't <laughs> think it's that easy. I just yeah, think, it is. I just think people, yeah, it is. There's, all, always, all. An, there's always a percentage of people in any society who are going to be criminals, whether yeah, they're poverty or not. Yeah. Some people just like to I, fucking steal and kill. Yeah, percent If there's a cunt who's living in poverty and you suddenly give him a load of money, is he suddenly magically going to not be a murderer? Obviously not. It's going to affect the next generations, isn't it? They're not going to be born into poverty. Oh. But if you look at all the charts, honestly, if you look at all the charts, poverty and inequality cause crime. is the main cause. eh? They cause crime. If you haven't got something, you can't get it, and you want it, you take it. Of course, inequality as well. You look at them rich fuckers, and they've got everything. I've got nothing. Do you know what I mean? If you lower, if you get rid of poverty and you lower inequality, you know everything points to that being the the way forward. I have quite a dim view of humans as a society in general. I don't think it might take a lot of time to get this into a point. Oh, it's, a, it's going to be a multi generational thing, but it doesn't mean you can't start now. You can't try. Well, you have to smash the system first, Mike. It's too firmly entrenched. Well, that's it. Well, what else are they saying here? Cop-free zones in our communities. Once we are strong enough to solve social problems ourselves and confront police impunity, this will involve reclaiming public spaces to air grievances, imagine alternatives, and socialise while challenging the fragmentation that capitalism produces and police enforce. They could begin as temporary no-cop zones and expand into semi-permanent occupations that a community holds, supports, and defends. Yeah. Get rid of capitalism, that'll solve all our problems. <laughs> <laughs> yes, comrade. Um, so, to depower the police, some concrete ideas they have. Develop community phone trees and rapid response networks to relay important information, alert folks to various things that are going on, really. Okay. Study and share conflict mediation skills. So that minor beefs like noise complaints can be settled between neighbours without involving the police. Yeah. Build survivor-led groups to defend against domestic violence and sexual assault. Fight against eviction. Encourage neighbours to refuse to talk to the police when they come snooping around the neighbourhood. Build neighbourhood networks to intervene in police activity wherever it happens. Creating a collective culture of resistance. Build women, queer and trans-led groups to defend ourselves against street harassment. And I'm, I'm reading uh, this from the article, queer bashing. When we're able to defend ourselves, we won't have to rely on the same police who harass us in times of crisis. God, there's got to be something about the trans people, hasn't there? They're people too. They are people too, but it's like, just don't stop throwing it down my fucking neck. Yeah, but they're getting <laughs> harassed just like the black people, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry. Start throwing it down your neck. Sorry. I mean, it is everywhere I look. Oh, oh there's, why has there got to be a trans-led group? Why can't it just be a bunch of people working towards the same goal? Well, luckily, Ben, you don't have the problem of trans-hate. 
directed what? towards you, do you? I do. I have to live with it every day, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't an individual group of trans people. I just think if you wanted to drugs to bothering me, go and do what you want. Why have you got to make a bit? Oh, I'm trans and proud. Well, good for you. But stop fucking telling me all the time. I uh, look. I'm an equal opportunity as fuck you person. So fuck them as well as everyone else. <laughs> Let's finish up this chaz shit. Organise campaigns to repeal repressive police policies. Prevent the construction of police stations. Support a militant protest culture. So I assume that involves fighting the police if it's militant. Wage campaigns to remove police from schools. I'd imagine in America you'd want someone with a fucking gun in a school who isn't going to shoot the kids, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Protest and shut down police recruitment campaigns. Oppose police institutions using schools. So educate the kids more, basically. Join with co-workers to disrupt material support for police departments or refuse service to cops. That's a bit harsh. Demand the labour unions disaffiliate from police unions. Within existing job-related organisations, develop the collective's capacity to defend against police repression. Study and develop strategies and tactics for outmanoeuvring the police when you need to defeat, defend picket lines, building occupations, or other protest actions. That, to me, sounds very militant. If you're developing strategies and tactics for outmanoeuvring them, when you well, need to defend them... Makes something. sense, doesn't it? We want to protest and they're not allowing us. Yeah, it's the right to protest. It is the right to protest, but if they're sort of making a, a line to keep you in a certain area and you're then flanking them and getting behind them and doing whatever, who knows? Well, I'm just saying they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be stopping people protesting anyway. I can only speak for Britain because I haven't seen a protest in America, but I've been on a couple in Britain. I've never seen the police stopping anything. I mean, not in this country, no, not as bad. They walked alongside, which is fair enough. I don't mind that bit of protection. But our police aren't that bad compared to American police. Well, this is it. You see, you're thinking from an Englishman's point of view, it ain't as bad. They aren't allowing them to protest. That's a problem. Like the Chinese in Hong Kong. It did, you know, and, and Donnie went to that church for that photo op. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, and they literally just tear gassed the people having a peaceful protest so we can get a photo op. And then he held the Bible upside down, which if you're not, if that's not a mark of the Antichrist, guys, I don't know what is. <laughs> so you can't just go tear, tear gassing people for the basically the fun of it. Uh, yeah. And some of these points, I think, are good ideas. Some yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah I'm I with think you. some of it. I think a lot of this is pie in the sky. I'm with you, yeah. Ben. I'm torn, man. Okay, here are some ways to begin disarming the police. Close the pipeline between the military and the police. Definitely. I must admit, the the American police in particular look like soldiers now when they're on a ride. Because they've become financially militarized. Because they've been given, they've been sold ex military tanks. They've been painted yeah. black. Yeah, it's a secondary market of selling off ex US military fucking vehicles and weaponry. It's nuts. It is. Yeah. They've got ATVs. Yeah, and it's a military industrial complex, isn't it? Obviously, the the forever war is is slowly winding down at the moment until this terrorism's vanished with COVID, hasn't it? Oh yeah. That's just gone. It's gone away. That I'd forgotten about it to be honest. 
because that's sort of wound down at the moment, I suppose, you know, there is a lot of surplus kit line about that the police are going to buy. We can only have one threat at a time, Ben. We can, that's all we can handle as a populace. Oh, man. That's a shitter. Sorry, Mike, go on. OK, expose and denounce political repression, including the use of paid informants, undercover officers, and social media monitoring of activists by police departments. OK. Yep. Look, you've got a right to assemble a group of people, like-minded people, in privacy and talk about what you want to talk about without having the cops infiltrate your organisation. Oh, yeah. There's, um, oh, fucking hell, Michael Moore found out 9-11. Mm. This old guy goes to the gym, goes there a few times a week, and someone says, oh, what about, uh, what about Bush, eh? And he goes, well, I think he's a bit of a dick. I didn't vote for him. Next thing you know, he's got the police knocking on his door two days later, saying, I think you've been saying bad things about the president and the government. Fuck. You could be a, a terrorist sympathiser. You know? Yeah. There, was a, there was a book club in some, you know, bumfuck, fucking town in america and they're like this guy came a couple of times and we all sat around and we didn't really sort of we talked about the books we had we had you know with nibbles sometimes it was a little bit political but you know conversation but nothing sort of over the top and then no one saw him for a while then they realized he was a sheriff's deputy been killed in a car accident he was undercover huh. yeah that's you got to report book clubs and something's going wrong yeah, and I've heard stories of undercover cops having a family with people undercover, married and having children. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then when they're pulled out later... That's oh. my honest... Mike, you're ticking off. That's literally my dream, like the movie. I want to be an undercover cop to the level where I become top-level gangster, but more so... <laughs> That's my dream. Yeah. That's my dream. I know I get killed in a horrifically <laughs> way, but what a life I will live. <laughs> See, yeah, I like that, but I just think that's that's like every undercover cop is an actor, and that is just a deep commitment to your trade if you're doing two families. Yeah. And the thing it's is, a moral is what a, it is, isn't it? It's a moral. A, you don't have to commit that hard. You could get out of it, but you... you all just, right. I mean, That's why I, I want to cross the lines. I want to be the ultimate uh-huh. bent undercover cop. I just want to take it. I want to, Donny Brasco, man, I look like fucking, I don't know, Donald Duck. <laughs> well, if they have it their way, guys, you won't be able to because they'll be gone. Fuck up. Look, all I'm saying is if you're there and you're in some gang and some mob, the mob, and the boss's daughter takes a shine to you, and if you <laughs> reject him, he's probably going to have your kneecaps broken. You're not going to reject it, even if you are married back in the real world. This is nah. you. You're, you know, I'm just Benny Carteroni at this point. I'll be the boss's daughter's bestest husband she could ever wish for. Exactly. You know. Because I will reject the police side of it. I'll fuck it. I'll go so deep, they'll never get to me. Balls deep. Balls deep. I will lose contact. They will lose contact with me. I will go so deep, Ben. Either that or I want to be the type of detective, and they do exist in England. I've seen them in Birmingham. They drive like a streetcar, right? And they wear street clothes with a stab vest and a badge. Yeah, they're cool. They exist. I want to be one of them. But if I was you one of them. You used to get them, like a, a really cool three-quarter length coat, too. 
Yeah, but I'd be the most bent one you'd ever met, Ben. I would <laughs> so on the take, drugs, <laughs> oh, God, everything. Running drugs, guns, all of it. Hey, guys, we join the police? I thought about being a community support officer. I saw the application and I thought, nah, have a word with yourself, son. <laughs> daily basis. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, study and share security techniques for activists, including practical methods of preventing internet surveillance and decreasing the likelihood and effectiveness of infiltration. Launch campaigns to remove police weapons in specific settings, such as schools, hospitals, and ultimately on street patrol. Protest local, city and state budget appropriations for police forces and work to defund the police. This will disrupt department's ability to buy weapons, hire more officers and make the job desirable by providing pay incentive. Right. Nice idea. It's all nice ideas. I, just, I don't know how it's going to work. Disbanding the police. Popo. Okay, so here's some steps to disband the police. Transform how we think about crime, conflict, and identity. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Crime talk can be... Oh, oh, you know, it's like crime watching this country, you know, used to be on. Play race or a white person on there, you know? I've always thought it barbaric. I mean, I'm not saying it's not necessary. Certainly in some instances it definitely is, but it's a bit barbaric, is it, just shoving someone in a cage 23 hours a day? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Depends on the crimes, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah, like I said, I'm not saying that it's not necessary. It's, and it is necessary in some circumstances to protect that person and other people out in society, but just as a, a concept, it is barbaric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Sorry, Ben, go on. Fight to disband particular police units when they're involved in scandals. Uh, That makes sense, I would go with that. If a a unit's got a bad history, it should be disbanded and everyone's sacked. Decommission police precincts when they're being threatened by funding shortages or demographic changes or by popular protest. Organise to drive police forces out of specific institutions, such as schools or hospitals, and replacing them with private security. But I'd rather have a police. Yeah, who's I don't been agree trained. with that one. I don't agree with that one. We don't want private police. No, forget that. Next no. <laughs> uh, Blackwater. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's you. you if you bought secu- private security in, they'd just be policemen who've been made redundant. Yeah. And they're not accountable to the local community. Exactly. Absolute nightmare. No yeah. way. Demolish the political power of police unions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And once the movement is strong enough, disband police forces entirely in democratic self-governing areas and replace them with systems of community safety and conflict resolution. Well, that's the last one in a big unit. Well, that's the one that's maybe, I don't know, a hundred years down the line, because I can't see that happening any time. But is it, is it ever possible? No. Mm, maybe, no. maybe not. No. I don't know. But... If you took away all the guns and all the weapons, then yes. But some people are just rats. Some people will always break the law. Some people will always be scallies. And you're always yeah. going to need someone 
to stop those people doing that. Whether that's vigilante-style mobs, whether that's a man in a uniform, whether it's just someone beating the shit out of them to teach them a lesson, someone's got to do it. Well, I don't agree with beating the shit out of them to teach them a lesson. That doesn't teach Depends them anything. That's what they've done. <laughs> no. I am the law. Yes. I'm going to su- both shock and surprise you. I don't agree with any of this. I think society is too shit. And I just think the police need to really just better screen their applicants so and train them properly so they're not shitting their pants every time they pull someone over. Make them more accountable. Be aware that you are not they above sh- the law. You are the law, but not above it. Hang on, Ben. I know this is a bit draconian. But I have to bring it back to fact because I don't watch the real news. My world has been for the last few weeks, 2000 AD comics and wrestling. The judges, are, every move they make is is uh, being monitored and seen by Central yeah. at all times. Everything they do. Nothing's under the radar unless they do something dodgy to get under the radar. Everyone's accountable. And so excellence is like rewarded and promoted and pushed. Is that the way to go without the gun, without the murder and the on-the-spot death penalties? Like, yeah, a, you know what I'm saying. Like, you're a level sure of, only the best people are in that position. Yeah, a level of absolute excellence and accountability, man. Because if anyone gets overweight, not it falls behind in any slight category as a judge in that world, they're gone. And back in the day, and I. I sound like a fucking old man now. My mum and dad used to, cause this used to get to say to me because I was taught, I'm, I've been the height I am now since about year 10-ish. Not far off. That's why I was so good at basketball and that shit. And people, you know a common thing that was said to me by older people? You should join the police. Yeah. Because I was taught. Because there used to be a height limit, didn't there? There did. It used to be over six foot something or over six foot three. I'm not sure. Something like that used to be. So that's my point. Instead of a height limit, maybe there should be a moral limit, a spiritual it, limit, a personality just an intelligence limit. limit. I think. Well, there you go. Yeah, a sub, um, just a higher accountability. Do you know that the police in America actually have a IQ limit? If you're considered too smart, they won't accept you. <laughs> that's <bad. laughs> is that a true what? fact? That is so true, mate. That is so true, honestly. Because some guy did one of the tests. He wanted to be a police officer. So he sued them. He, he lost in court. They said that the police. They said, "Yeah, you're too smart." Hire who they want. You're too smart for this, man. Yeah. You won't do. They don't job. want them thinking. They just want them. Well, it's essentially like shooting. you said. A sort of soft army, isn't it? It's it is. It's the same structure, the same top-down, isn't it? It is. There's units. There's sergeants. There's you know, and up the ladder it goes. Yep. And what if the guy at the top's corrupt? And there's the potential to climb the ladder too as a career man if you don't want to just be a, a, a street cop forever, a beat cop. Like remembering Lethal Weapon 3 when they get busted down to beat cop. Yeah. Form, right? You could be happy with that for a life or you could be someone who wants to climb the ladder. How do you climb the ladder in any fucking, any world where there's monetary reward, power reward? shortcuts and it's just happens so happens that in the world of policing those shortcuts are other people's freedoms and, yeah. and health and self-respect but yeah uh, 
Should we wrap the Chaz thing up? I was just going to say, you know, regardless of whatever anyone thinks of the police as a whole, I think the one thing we can agree on is that basically no one should be getting their neck knelt on for nine minutes. Oh, definitely not. In any stretch of the imagination by a police officer. Because that's, quite frankly, not on. I think the whole entire Western world kind of united in agreement on that, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll take you back to Chaz and uh, look at some other autonomous zones that have existed or do exist at the moment. Oh, yeah. This is quite interesting, man. Okay, there's one in Sri Lanka called the Sarvadeya Shramadana movement. <laughs> All right, I'm glad well, you Mike. that one out. Yeah. Uh, it is a self-governance movement in Sri Lanka which provides comprehensive development and conflict resolution programs to villages. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was in 1958 it was actually set up and it's still going. Cool. The aim is to provide a list of 10 basic needs to all villages one a clean environment two adequate supply of water three clothing four nutritious food five shelter six health care seven communication eight fuel and lighting nine access to education and ten cultural and spiritual performance you missed porn up <laughs> that could be cultural i suppose it could be yeah yeah, all right, that's, that's fair enough. It's been nice of them. Yeah, and it's uh, 600 villages now, a part of this movement. Not strictly an autonomous zone, but basically they're helping each other. Well, yeah. To meet them 10 needs. There's one in Fahuve in Bolivia, and that's got 600 neighbourhoods that, that provide... Like- Wow. Okay, this is mutual assistance, yeah? Yeah, provide public services, construction and jobs to citizens of this town in Bolivia. Created in 1957. The councils have 200 members that meet once a month and make decisions through discussion and consensus. The council has been successful in blocking the Bolivian government's plan to privatise natural gas and water reserves, introduce new taxes, and have been successful in creating the city's first public university. Oh, that's cool. Unfortunately, law and order is a bit of a problem. Here we go. In response to the violence and corruption of Bolivia State Police, Bahuve have created its own justice system. Councils act as mediators between minor disputes with neighbours and practice a degree of restorative justice based upon traditional customs. Communities also form collective self-defence groups which are known to execute thieves, rapists and murderers whilst hanging dolls outside of the houses of victims as a warning to any future attackers. Oh, See, that's, that's the kind of justice fair. I like. <laughs> that's I that's did say that, fair, isn't it? <laughs> I did say they had a bit of a problem with law and order. Not one of the positives to come out of that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fucking I'm fully up, down with that one. I'd <laughs> rather call PC blood. I really <laughs> would. I know <laughs> But he's not gonna fucking scalp me and make a voodoo doll out of me car. Uh, <laughs> I the hope. Korean People's Association in Manchuria or KPAM from August 1929 to September 1931. The society was constructed upon principles of stateless communism operating within the framework of gift economy based upon mutual aid. 
Manchuria, you say? Yeah. 1931 it ended. Yeah. So they all got butch- butchered by the Chinese, the, the Japanese invasions then. Probably, yeah. But there was two million people, apparently, in this uh, experiment. Yeah. They focused on meeting the material needs of the people and each other. Part of coming together of a nationalist and anarchist people as well as Korean peasants. Impartial response to hostilities from Imperial Japan and Chinese nationalist forces. There you go, told you. Japanese rock up. They had giveaway shops, worker cooperatives, democratic schools, um, and regional councils were created. And giant bats! (laughs) Giant bats! The KPAM operated without currency, private property, and any kind of class structure. And it worked perfectly for two years, apparently, before the uh, Japanese and Chinese came. How long has the places that do have a class structure been working? Just out of curiosity. Well, is it working, guys? It's working for them at the top. It's not it's working, working for the 90%. For you, hey, it's working for you, isn't it? Just about. You've got a house. It's working for me. I'm not on the street yet. Ben, you're not on the street. Yeah. No. Not yet, anyway. I might work the streets now and again, but you know. It's working for us, isn't it? Could it not be argued? To an extent, yeah. I mean, but it could be better. Oh, I'm not saying it could couldn't be better. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just being devil's advocate and saying uh, it could not. It could be said, could it not, that we actually, you know, we're quite lucky to be where we are. Well, not quite lucky. We're fucking extremely lucky to be where we are in Britain. Of course, of course. We were born in one in then one of them shit old countries, Mike. Yeah, 50% of the population are on the breadline or starving. Oh, I know, yeah, but fuck that. So, we are very lucky. We are extremely lucky. Put yourself up by your bootstraps. Are you fucking sorry? Do not believe that. I am not that. I don't want to live in a world where... Not true. What we have relies on the exploitation of the people underneath us. We live in a world where the government takes away your bootstraps, then says, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. It's a joke. I don't mean it. I really don't, listener. It's an in-joke, to be fair. But, yeah, no. This Chaz thing, to try and, like... Yeah, you crap up, mate. I see where they're coming from. I really do. All jokes aside, it's like, wow, it's incredibly impressive. And it's like, I wouldn't have the balls to do what they're doing. But on the other hand, I can also see the comedy of it falling apart and going the way it went. Because, you know, it's the ideas are great. But, oh, God, I hate to bring it up again because I'm not obsessed. Remember I mentioned last recording my cult membership of Jim Cornette? Yeah, yeah. One of his sayings is, just because you cut your ear off, don't fucking make your van go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, t- yeah, I, I agree. in theory, that might be a really good thing. Yeah, abolish the police, and we could. And they did on those six blocks. But should they have? Yeah. Because people got raped. Not many. Mm-hmm. A handful. People got shot, murdered. Businesses got destroyed. What did it achieve, really? Should they have? I'm just saying. I'm well, not in hindsight, you probably say no. Yeah, I, I'm posing the question. Yeah, I would say. What did they get to in the end? Well, Have they not galvanised the right? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. But 
you know, people act irrationally when they're they're under pressure, and the, yeah. these people are under pressure, and they it's just a vent, isn't it? And this is what came of it. It was an God experiment. It failed. But, God bless him for trying, though, man. Yeah. Fuck me. Because there was people in there really, really trying. From videos I saw, there were people really trying to turn into some kind of hippie. I know Ben, it might make, make your skin crawl and that, but it was like a real hippie paradise of education and um, art and expression and freedom. But then there was also people in there exploiting the fuck out of it. Exactly. That's what it, everything humanity touches turns to shit. Yes. Mm. I think is the best. The most way you profound can thing you've ever said, Ben. The most true thing you've ever said, me. Mm. It is bang on it. It's such a lovely idea. It should have worked with the the the, the fault, the little loose screw, the the faulty part that was going to fuck the entire machine up was humans. Yeah. American humans specifically you know and I'm not being shitty but come on it does factor into it the whole the way they're raised and the, the pledge of allegiance to the constitution and the people that reject that and the, the way it's gone tribal as shit and the guns and the it, specifically this was such an American story I know yeah. these places have existed elsewhere more successfully maybe even less successfully but this Particular version was as American as apple pie. Yeah, and I agree that there has to be some sort of police reform. So, yeah, I'm not saying don't reform them. I'm not saying don't change things. Do all that. It can only make society a better place. But you're still going to need the police. Yeah. You're going to need some form of police. Hopefully not a private one because that will be a fucking nightmare. No, fuck that. I stand by what I said. I think it hold them to higher professional standards. However you do that, I don't know how much money that takes, industry-wide training changes, whatever, just hold them to higher professional standards. Give them better training. Yeah. Surely is the first point of call. Rather yeah. than breaking them down and smashing it all down, it's like, I think, realistically, let's, let's make them better. Because not all shit, yeah. are they? It's a personality thing, and maybe some people need a bit more training than others. And yeah. it's interesting, though, isn't it, that only 04 to 3.3% of crime is ever solved. But is that just a, is that really a reflection on them, or a reflection on the size of fucking society and the amount of fucking crime committed? Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I, I find myself strangely in the position of defending them, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. I really am, because I don't really. I'm not a big fan of the police. I've had bad experiences with them personally, but I, I would rather have them in my society. But I would like them to be a, a little better. Yeah, less powers maybe. Yeah, just oh, just way more just way more training. We've gone not... through some of the stuff, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we've repeat. Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, man. Weird yeah, news? Yeah, let's do weird news, man. Alright, so let's end the show on some weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. I'll start then. Big Brother is watching. Facial recognition camera system named Orwell to be installed in all 43,000 schools in Russia. That's impressive. 
Jesus. Mm. Mm. All Russian schools will soon be equipped with face recognition cameras with the stated aim of protecting the safety of children by tracking a child's comings and goings in school, as well as by identifying visitors. It's just the beginning of this, isn't it? Wow. Mass surveillance. Yeah, the video recording equipment will be hooked up to a platform called Orwell, a surveillance system with the ability to perform face recognition. Taking the piss, they're just trolling us now. What a fucking Orwell. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, yeah. That's a nice, innocent name. Doesn't mean anything. No, no, no. That wasn't chosen by accident or anything like that, was it? No. There's a cool headline here where um, Russia's National Guard launches a blimp to spot COVID-19 lockdown violators. Oh, fuck yeah. More blimp spies. That's what I want. I don't want spy satellites and facial recognition. I want blimps everywhere. I like the word blimp. Yeah, me too. Blimp. It's not as good yeah, as blamange. No, I want to bring back blimp. I think I'm going to have to let the cat out. That's not a euphemism. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, gentlemen, please continue. Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Come a on. bit scary. Yeah. Good, good. A bit. Yeah, a bit scary. Uh, I don't like, like this facial recognition stuff. No. I, I should be able to go anywhere incognito. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. If I want to be incognito, I'll, no, I'll go incognito. Then you again, have to I'm wear... wearing a mask if I have to go out, so I guess I am kind of uh, uh, I was a vigilante. When I go out, I wear someone else's face, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a lot of questions to be asked there, Mike. Um, uh-huh. Moving on. I'm not on. sure where I want to start. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, no. Whose face is it? <laughs> where did you get the face? The faceless man. <laughs> well, he's no good, is he? <laughs> so well, he's faceless now. I was going to say, if you've you got your face on the faceless man, is that just like you're wearing a pillowcase over your head? <laughs> you don't want to no, do that, mate. He's only recently become the faceless man. Oh, right. <laughs> I've said too much. Already. Yeah, right. Come in, boys. Yes. I'm coming. Woo! I hope he means about coming back. Yeah. He did it. Look. I hope the, hope the cat come as well. you got to understand. <laughs> hey, so when the cat decides it's time to go downstairs, it's a bit of a mission. If I ignore her, I don't want to, like, get in halfway and going, oh, fuck it, I'm going to shit here. Yeah. So, anyway. It's all good. This is fine. Leave it all in. This is good content. Real life. What is the cat's name? Well, it's called Roly, but uh, I've got a slight bit of backstory. You're allowed to bubble with another household, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, landlord is about 50 years old. His oldest friend lives down south. He has decided to bubble with us and move up with us, but he has a six-year-old son who's autistic, but he's, he's really, he's sound as fuck, honestly. But one of his favourite, have you heard of a game called Roblox? No, it's no. It's a, it's a kid. If you had kids, you'd have heard it. Honestly, it's a kids game where like you build things with blocks, Roblox. But instead of saying Roly, he doesn't say Roly. He says Roblox. That's what he calls the cat. So I'm thinking I'm going to change the name to Roblox. It's just cooler. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, this kid. This might sound like a really dodgy thing to say, but this kid makes autism look like the greatest thing on earth. If I could be as happy as this kid was when he's happy. I don't think I've ever been as happy as this kid is by just, like, the sound of music or just 
Yeah. And he picture or something like he's just like laughs his ass off, man. He falls over from laughing. <laughs> it's awesome, man. He's a really happy little dude. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. what the fuck? I remember, I remember reading somebody's. They went on a journey anyway in the seventies to find themselves. It ended up in Afghanistan. Probably mm. the best place to be. <laughs> well, no, even, even back then. Well, anytime. But he was at this village, and there was this one kid, this one young boy, like teenager, and he he was blind, he was like autistic, disabled, mm. but he was like the happiest person that he'd ever met, always smiling, always laughing, and and he couldn't believe it. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I was waiting for a punchline, man. No, it's just no, there is no. We we could be genuine every now and then ben this is a, like this is a, i'm living in a large house so like there's room for my friend my friend's friend and his son to come and stay but for me having this kid in the house over the last week it's been a nice change of uh atmosphere and pace man because he's just such a happy little dude don't get me wrong though when he loses it he fucking loses it that's part of the autism thing i think when uh He's not happy, he's not happy, but he's cool. Not as often as you get this image, I think, I don't know where I've got it from. Maybe I watched too many Louis Theroux documentaries, but you get this image of him being in the negative way all day. But no, nah, man, that's few and far between. For the most part, it's just like, I look at him and I'm like, fucking hell, man, fucking be that happy. Yeah. For half an hour. Well, that's man. what this bloke thought. He thought, if this kid born to poverty, all his disabilities, you yeah. know, he just believes in God and think God loves him, therefore, if it's brilliant. And he, he was like, well, if that kid could be happy, then why, then why aren't I happy? Do you know what I mean? It made him think about his own life. And... Did you say this was the 70s? Yeah. So the Russians invaded in the 80s. I'm just, I think that kid might have got run over by a Russian tank. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do the news, you dark bastard. <laughs> all right, there's this That's dark. dark all I'm saying is he's probably not very happy now. If you're a new listener, you dark bastard is not a racial slur. Ben is very white. <laughs> oh, Mike isn't though, the Mexican prick. <laughs> <laughs> arriba, arriba, andale, andale. <laughs> Go on, let's do the news. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos guillotine at DC home off with his head that's yeah. the uh, headline in TMZ wow Jeff Bezos's status as the world's richest man is exactly why he's got a new lawn ornament of sorts at his DC home a guillotine placed there by angry protesters fuck do you know if, if you had a pound for every year that the universe existed jeff bezos would still be richer than you well yeah, still be rich so fuck him <laughs> yeah. this is the guy that owns amazon isn't it yeah yeah do you think they got the guillotine from amazon uh that would have been so funny probably <laughs> i mean you can't pretty much get anything on there exactly well, apparently it wasn't, I don't think it was a working guillotine, because it says the faux blade was set up on Sunday outside Jeff's pad with a sign that's pretty specifically targeting Jeff's uber-rich status. Support our poor communities, not our wealthy men. Yeah. 
Well, I applaud the sign, but the guillotine's probably a step too far until we actually <laughs> launch the revolution. <laughs> yeah, but those that make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable, Ben. He said that. You, just then. <laughs> I know you like to think of me as a font of all knowledge, but I'm not. <laughs> What's your job as science officer, Mike? <laughs> it's Jeff Kay. No, did he? Mm. Well, he wasn't that clever, Mike. He got shot. Did he copy off those some fucking Greek bastard? Probably. He wasn't that clever. He employed Secret Service men that shot him in the head by accident. You know, that's my take on the JFK assassination, everybody. Hmm. Thanks. So, come on, let's wrap this up. Last one. Yeah. Oh, shit, yes, me. Fuck. <laughs> I'm here and I'm ready. Live and in charge. Wow. Patient dies after family members switch off ventilator to plug in a cooler at a Kota hospital. Oh, fuck. Patient was uh, shifted to an isolation ward on June 15th as a safety measure after another patient in the ICU tested positive for COVID-19. 40-year-old man died at a government hospital after his family members allegedly unplugged the ventilator he was on to plug in an air cooler. He was suspected to be suffering from COVID-19. Since it was very hot in the isolation ward, his family members bought an air cooler the same day. On finding no socket for the cooler, they allegedly unplugged the ventilator. Oh, God. But almost half an hour later, the ventilator ran out of power. It's like something out of a Leslie Nielsen film, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Only they died. They immediately informed doctors and medical staff who administered CPR upon the patient, but he died. Hospital oh. Superintendent Dr. Naveen Senexa said the committee cons- comprising the Deputy Superintendent, Nursing Superintendent and Chief Medical Officer on duty will probe the incident and submit the report on Saturday. What the probe committee- what incident? It's a complete fuck up. There's the doctor said action would be taken against whoever is found responsible in the probe report. Wow. Well, the family members allegedly did not seek permission to plug in the cooler. And when the patient died, they, quote, misbehaved. (laughs) Staff and resident doctor on duty, the hospital authorities said. Well, they all pissed or something. Yeah, but you're not going to admit to it, are you? Did you plug something in? Did you unplug something? Be honest. Be- no, a fan no. whirring in the no. background. Yeah, where'd that fan come from? That's not. Yeah, did, no, no. Of course I did. Who do you think I am? Of course I didn't unplug something. Fucking told you you couldn't. You can't plug the cooler in. Yeah. Oh, oh. The bastards couldn't even sit there, motherfuckers. Oh. Good job I know how to use a chainsaw now, isn't it? <laughs> you can help them midwives with their difficult births. No, I just, they make a list of cunts who deserve it, like pedos and... Apparently that was how the chainsaw was invented. Oh, wow. Well, Get out of it. We use it on trees now. Apparently we've... Get uh, out of it. We've had it on fucked up facts. It, apparently it was... We did dispute that fact, though, but apparently that's... <laughs> <the first. laughs> 
<laughs> so let's just repeat it anyway without any knowledge if it's true or not. <laughs> that's remember, awesome. remember, listener, we're not the fact checkers. You yeah, are. You are. That should be a T-shirt. Right. Yeah. We should wrap this up because I am officially pissed. I'm sorry. I had to celebrate. It's been a mad few weeks for me, and then today I, I learned a new skill, and so I got. I got halfway drunk between the pod and then all the way drunk during the pod. Nice. It'll be fun to listen back and see if you can pinpoint the exact tipping point. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I used to have a, a small announcement and a plug. Okay. Um, I am doing a new podcast with my housemate. It's called Devil's Advocate, and we talk about. We have some Can't be called that, though, can it? House. Well, Could we haven't the patent pending, name pending. It'll be coming soon. Is there soon. already podcasts called that? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. It's a work in progress. Yeah, but Listen to it when it comes out. You need to <laughs> name it, like, now at the drawing board stage. You it's can't have that. Name. Don't worry. It's a name in progress. It's okay. a few episodes done already. I've just got to edit I gave him one, Talking Bullocks. <laughs> 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 Have you thought of Paracunts? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> sorry, that was a bit harsh. That was a bit harsh. I'm sorry. I haven't even met him. It could be one cunt and a gentleman because he could be lovely. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but he filled in for you when you weren't here that week. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. A fucking lampshade could fill in for me, Ben. <laughs> Whether they can fucking perform as well as I. Well, that's... an entirely of the matter. Well, uh, if he's willing to pay the £10 a month, he's more than fucking... I'm more than happy to substitute. <laughs> no, you're all right. Stick with you. We'll have to change the description and everything. Well, uh, you wouldn't even know how. I could do that. Exactly. <laughs> God, shut the fucking anyway. thing up. Yeah, Jesus um, thanks for listening. I've been Ben, and don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult. You're next, guys. I've been guys, free Biff Tannen. I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. Bye.